0: And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast episode. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here. Launch D Face in the Building, bringing you guys episode 24. We're kicking off this new year hot with these back to back updates. This has been uh, quite a crazy week. I'm sure y'all are going to enjoy this one as we start truly jumping into all that has unfolded this week. Please keep in mind, we are censoring some stuff. Some of the, the things that happened this week, we're just not going to talk about. We're going to jump to the topics that are worth covering here for the podcast. And if you are a true follower of esports and the gaming space in general, you probably know what I'm talking about. If not, go search it up for yourself. But either way, let's go ahead and kick things off and introduce the boys here. As always, it's John on the production this time. What's
1: up? Yo, what's up, everybody? I just overcame the stomach flu this weekend, so I'm still here.
0: John's holding in and by a thread, guys. Send him some love. Send him all the power. His, his household has been infected by the flu this week.
1: Hey. I was gonna say, man, I played some COD last night because I'd been sleeping the, the whole day before. But then I was sick. But then I I didn't have any. I had energy, so I was in this like hell of like being sick but can't sleep because I've been resting. So I just I burned it off playing COD and I actually got a dub. So I'm good.
0: Let's get to hear. And then we got Connor returning on the episode this week. I have to give him a lot of a lot of flack this week because he missed an episode and and now all of a sudden I'm like, what's up? You can't you can't start this project and then back out. What's up, Connor?
2: Hey, what's up? Yeah, that was my fault. Just scheduling conflict. We were redoing episodes, different times and dates. And I was a little crazy. I'm going to blame you on that one, maybe. But yeah, we're here. Let's do this thing.
1: No, AKA, blame me. AKA football. Yeah, blame me. Yeah. I should have looked ahead in our schedule and seen that it was several important evenings of football i should have that's on me man that's on me
0: and for that reason we're also just not streaming this sunday we're trying to get our schedule just about perfect maybe after the super bowl weekend we'll go ahead and get back into our regular live routine but um let's go ahead and kick it off man you guys seen the title there's a lot going on but we're gonna start with the highs here there's a lot of positive happening in the space elon musk to kick things off he's been a frequent i guess guest on our podcast as far as Mm -hmm. topics go he secures what i would call. A huge W. Twitter ad revenue and updates on shorts monetization hits the wave coming shortly. Not live just yet, but what this means is if you are a verified channel on Twitter that is already monetizing your video content, you can now monetize all the shoulder content that comes off of the quote retweets and the interactions in your comment section, which is just a massive, massive W for not just the creator, but everyone involved that kind of like, I guess, gives folks a reason that support you to share your content. I th- I kind of feel like there's, there's a whole net positive around this. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would
1: agree. Yeah. First thing that came to my mind, Connor, was like, he said when he took over the platform that he was going to do things to make it a place where people utilize and that he talked about content creators, which, and I mean, that's how you do it, man. You make ads possible. You make creating content beneficial.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was one of his main things he said when he took over. Like people were asking, "Hey, are we gonna get monetization?" I think Mr. Beast was one of the advocates for, it. like, "Hey, are we gonna get monetization for content we put on Twitter?" And he was like, "That is absolutely one of the things I'm working towards to get put out." So now, hey, all you gotta do is pay. What is it, eight or eleven dollars a month now, and you can monetize your tweets and make some money back on it.
0: Well, here's the thing though: monetizing Twitter content has been a thing for a long time. It's just like in a very, very elite and. It- exceptional few have the opportunity to do so i'm not one of them i i I wish i was if i was able to monetize my twitter content it's my my most used social platform i would make so much more video style content like straight up i would just turn that into revenue driver but for whatever reason you basically have to get really lucky and opted in early enough i do know some creators that do have twitter advertisement enabled on their videos and they make really good money like Better money than the views if they translate it to YouTube. 100K views, I believe, in Twitter will get you around two to $3,000, where normally on YouTube, a 100,000 views is about a $1,000. It kind of converts that way. So almost 2 or 3x, just on average, right? And that's because the way the CPMs work there, maybe it's just a better cut. But from what I do know, like I said, if you had that enabled all this time, these guys are making bank. I
2: yeah. wonder if that will change because we know Elon was his big thing, though, was... Twitter's not profitable. We got to turn a profit. So I wonder if those n- margins will be cut down, releasing it to everybody.
1: I'm sure it will.
0: I think of anything. It'll, it'll encourage more people to create content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, I don't know, like obviously profit is real and he's a real businessman, but I'm like at a certain point, the value of Twitter as a platform is so much more than like profit. In my opinion, I think Elon understands that like it's, You know, it's like the attention of a large part of the population of the world. Like how does like WhatsApp generate, how does, how is WhatsApp a profitable app, for instance? Like it's like the most used app, right? Like I've never used it, but it, it have ads or what is it?
0: Data collection and privacy, sold information around the world. That's, that's where those guys make those, the mega bucks that we don't, we don't get to see the light of day of. It's information. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And Twitter does that too, right? Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. They they collect all types of stuff on us. My thing is though, let's not forget, it's going to be behind a paywall. Not everyone's just going to have this accessible. If anything, they're going to trick folks into, oh yeah, let me pay $8, ten dollars. Another reason to do so. Maybe I can make my money back. And let's all be honest, it's probably you're probably not. The majority are probably not going to break even and make that money back.
1: Yeah. I think overall, it's a good thing. I think this is the future is platforms creating a space to incentivize uh, people to to be on there. You know, I feel like, do you guys feel this way? I feel like about like every six months, it feels like the conversation, it like swings. The conversation goes from like, man, there's never been a better time to be a creator. And look how much money there's in it. And people feel really up. And then it swings back to over like, man, it's tough times. Like, bro, a full-time YouTuber and I'm making 40K. You know, do y'all feel like it kind of the conversation kind of swings that way every six months?
0: Well, here's the thing, right? With Twitter in particular, Twitter's gone through a very tumultuous timeline, right? Let's, Let's really think about it. There was just two or three months ago, everyone advocating for the death of Twitter since Elon's onboarding. And ever since, we've had only more features released, more quality of life updates, in my opinion. And then, of course, the push towards trying to structure out what is this Twitter blue thing. And I think he's been doing a great job. Let's not forget the fact that entire algorithm has changed. There's literally like now a kind of a for you algorithm happening when you just swipe. I mean, I made a video about this in particular. My timeline is just loaded with like viral videos and clips that you want to watch and then you keep strolling. it catches your attention again. And they're literally increasing folks attention into the app. So like people are using the app more and you're using more time on the app. So they're combating directly against YouTube, TikTok and kind of capture captivating i think this short form attention hype that we have going on and it doesn't seem like it's going to go away i mean connor i'm not sure what your algorithm looks like but mine's in particular is just loaded with viral restaurant fight videos and all types of wild stuff
2: yeah i mean i don't i haven't really used that like home section i honestly always keep my twitter on the latest tab i've yet to actually try to use the algorithm side now that you're saying it how it works i might have to give it a try because before it used to be like they're seeing tweets from 20 hours ago and I just want to see like what everyone's talking about now, but if you're saying it's different and they're showing like a different type of algorithm, I'm going to have to give that a try on my end. It's, it's more
0: news driven. It feels way more news driven headlines. Like again, I'm, I'm into like the rap headlines and, and all these other big kind of like, again, kind of, I guess the sort of pop culture, but like not like full pop culture, but it is very much headline driven and, and big viral clip driven type content, super entertaining. And, yeah. I hate to say that. That's literally one of the reasons I don't use TikTok because I try not to get into those loops of where like I'm burning hours of just, you know, dronelessly yeah, scraping. Yeah. And that's what Twitter's turning into. So like I'm literally staying off the platform more now.
1: Yeah. One thing, um, one thing that's interesting, like I'm just pulling out my app right now is like that I keep noticing is like at the very middle of my button on my Twitter right now, the very middle button, like where it feels like most natural to click is the freaking audio button. That is one thing that I feel like Twitter needs to just kill. Like ain't no like I just don't feel like that whole audio spaces feature like ever really took off. I'd rather just see good videos, you know? Or like I don't know. I just don't that just feels like a waste of space. Like I don't even know why it's here. It looks pretty, but I just never I didn't even know it was didn't even think about it until we're just like talking about the way Twitter is.
0: What is interesting, spaces had its little hype moment where Really is one of the cooler features when you're involved and you're kind of utilizing it and you have a community or you know, following around creators that are creating content through the spaces feature. Me in particular, I use it a lot, but I stopped because every time I join a space, I am mass promoting to all of my following that I am literally in? in a space. Yes. And and that's a problem because, like, when I was just super genuinely curious about crypto and NFT, I'm not trying to promote NFTs to my community but i'm just listening in on some of the industry professionals, right, as they call themselves the experts. I want to see what it's all about. I want to I want to learn more, and in my process of learning, I'm promoting it. And that's why I don't use spaces anymore because like again, it's just a massive means of promotion, and who's to say the content in there is something i want to promote to my following. Yeah. It's kind of a weird situation, i guess when you're in a influencers, you know, position. Yeah. Um, yeah. But i think it's a cool i think it's a cool feature maybe for general use but there should be a private usage of it actually I, maybe someone just needs to speak up about it I'm sure Elon turned that on pretty quickly
1: he's probably listening right now so thank you yeah <laughs> we, we, we appreciate you well Twitter's not the only platform with updates we're just a couple weeks short on this because our last episode we we dove very specific into one topic and so let us know how you guys liked that one I think I think we enjoyed producing it and we'll kind of alternate between news and kind of a deep dive on the topic but Twitch dropped a, a pretty significant uh, a blog from, that was titled an open letter from our chief product officer and chief monetization officer. And honestly recapped at the beginning, some of the top shifts that they made in 2022, which I think is always smart for a company to do. Be like, hey, here's what we've already done. And, and then talked about a lot of things that they're already doing to increase discoverability, to increase monetization, to increase the ways that creators interact with their community. And this is a big update, guys. These things come true. Seems like these. This would actually be something that changes the the function of Twitch as a as an app as a platform.
0: Yeah, to lean into one of those as well. And it's not necessarily bullet points out on this particular document I have open, but they have been talking about how they're going to start restructuring the way shorts or not shorts, their version is of course clips. The way clips are shared and used to amplify creators on their platform. So I do think the Twitch app is going to go through a huge overhaul soon, where It's going to be more clip-driven, like straight up. There's a lot of businesses out there. There are tons of businesses out there, some of which that some of our partners are actually sponsored by. I think like Fresh Cut is one of them, where they literally built a business on promoting the best clips. And you kind of have this algorithm, and they incentivize you to upload and stuff like that. If Twitch ends up taking the market share away from places like TikTok and some of these smaller organizations that are trying to build these features because it doesn't exist right now, I think it's a move in the right direction but they are so far behind, right? They should have done this a very long time ago. So I do hope to see that. But to talk to some of the, the more important stuff that is at least listed here, I think the the one that stands out to me is just lowering the payment threshold down to $50. People get paid sooner. Pretty good.
2: Well, I, uh, I would agree. I think anybody getting paid just for, you know, doing... Like, not everyone's a huge streamer, obviously. There's tons of little streamers. So, hey, you make your first $50, like, oh, that is, this is sick. I just made $50 just playing games. So I think it's cool that they're lowering it so people can get paid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that one. One of the things that I saw was uh a lot of stuff about ads. That's like trying making running ads easier and better for you, improving how and where ads show up. I think they're just I think that's where Twitch took a lot of flack the first half of the year and is ads and they can't get away from that. So I think they're just trying to like at least show people that they're doing something for that.
2: What I saw in the article about ads though is they said they're they're like for most for majority of all ads are going to be now going to be now picture in picture so you can still have your stream on a smaller window but the ads will still be
1: playing so people can still watch the stream while the ads are playing which that just which that just makes me like what is ad economy anymore like it feels like it's fake it feels like this is not real like how many people like youtube ads you skip them this you barely see them like what are we talking about here are ads real like so much money for That's what such
0: a deep question, I don't <laughs> know how it works, but it has to work right it's 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 been happening for the better half of the last century, pretty much, so yeah, there's something there where if you're getting the promotion to me like like kind of like what you were mentioning like kind of seems mind boggling like why do you want to pay this absurd amount of money to have people see this thing when they're not directly converting right then and there? But that build-up, I'm assuming, turns into some kind of business in a lot of different areas.
1: It must be well, that companies, just their goal is saturation, right? I mean, maybe, but I mean, you think about it like some ads that go like viral
2: by being memed or whatever. Like, you know, and whenever you watch football and everyone's like, oh, here comes that Burger King ad. That, that that Burger King ad went everywhere, people just messing around with it. So it literally just depends on, like, if you're putting the money into this and now with, like, how viral culture is with clips and taking stuff and making it into memes or something along those lines, like... It could be worth the investment. I think you have it in you
0: to jump on that. Prime just sponsored, and Prime is Logan Paul and KSI's brand. They just became the official sponsor of the US. Yeah, Talking huge. about yeah. just like ad revenue and kind of creator, the creator economy injecting their brands into spaces. But the, another kind of segue there: the meme culture. Someone took the Prime advertisement and. It's just so funny. You guys are going to have to search it up for yourself. But they cropped KSI and his pose and basically put him down right around the waist area of Logan Paul. You can picture that how you want, but it's (laughs) hilarious the way they restructured this because it ends up going viral. The meme version of the poster gets way more conversation around it because it looked real. It looked like it was the real kind of quote-unquote genius marketing from Logan Paul. That's very funny. Shot culture. gets the people talking, right? The vulgar stuff. But it was just a hilarious joke by someone, and it turned out to be just such a huge W for them. But again, just like you just mentioned, Prime was already winning. Like based off of Logan Paul and KSI's just, just brand, dude. Their 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 fandom is crazy. They make it to mainstream market because they have the connections, and now they're paying to be in the UFC. So Logan's kind of tying in his his persona that he's built up with boxing and wrestling and kind of the sports industry, and now he's putting his drink there, like. That's, that's pretty insane. And
2: it actually tastes good. So that's a plus. I've heard, like... I've heard that. I Man, have to try Prime
1: and Juvie. I haven't tried either of those yet. Yeah, I need to try them. Uh, speaking of which, I want to circle back to a couple of those, those Twitch features, but we're on an ad rabbit trail. And it reminded me that uh, someone put out an article earlier this week uh, detailing how much a 30-second spot for the Super Bowl costs. Oh, yep. Y'all, did y'all see that? $7 million remember... for a 30-second ad spot for the Super Bowl this year. And that in and of itself is wild, but I thought Mr. Beast had such a cheeky reply. He just goes, he just goes, "Hey, if anyone's looking to spend their, to make their money go a lot further, just just hit me up."
0: <laughs> For the same money, is like why pay why pay all this money to the Super Bowl? I can get you real conversions. Yeah, and it's I'm sure it's true, man. We're really kind of in this evolutionary space right now, where creators. It's going to continue to become a creator economy. And we're seeing creators, again, amplify and launch these new brands. And, and that's going to continue to change things. As things are changing, it's not just Twitch updating. Uh, the entire landscape is is adopting to, I guess, what's new in this vertical kind of area where content is being consumed. You can now even stream vertically. Like the programs, OBS and some of the other competitors are literally adopting live streaming into the formats or the vertical platforms now as well. So you know, TikTok streams before it was just a camera, you kind of set it up and it's over your shoulder, no, no production quality behind it. That's changing. Like as of right now, I yeah, speak.
2: I, oh, go ahead. Speak, speaking about tools in the Twitch article, they said looking ahead to 2023, they're actively working on right now is tools on Twitch to edit on Twitch edit your edit your stream into vertical so you can export it out to other platforms. In the article, they the exact wording is. We're launching tools to help you edit and export your clips for vertical, short-form video formats and make it easier to promote your streams on other platforms. And it says down here they're working actively with Twitter so you can export out onto Twitter without having to have a link or download it yourself. They're working with Twitter closely to put your content out there.
1: Yeah, this coming off the heels of big plugin for OBS is being released that kind of allows you to go straight, straight to vertical from OBS. I've gotten to see some of the back-end. It kind of takes... If you're familiar with OBS at all, there's like a studio mode that kind of gives you like a split view of the scenes coming up and and the scenes that are live. And it kind of like vertical mode on OBS gives you like a preview of like what your raw, I guess, scenes look like in 16 by nine. And then a program view of like how it lays out vertically. And so, I mean, some people are just streaming straight up like that. Some people I've seen, they talk about how this is transforming their workflow in terms of the fact of like, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of like, you know, like partners who are like trying to make a living on Twitch level of people who are just saying, I feel like when they stream, they basically feel like they're just filming TikTok. Like that's kind of how they feel. So it's like that, that kind
0: of helps them. It's one of those things where like these other platforms are obviously the key players now to, you know, driving traffic to your Twitch live stream. And it's not a secret anymore. Before, I feel like we're just beating the dead horse. Like the people that knew about it are constantly drilling this to the, the users to the creators hey if you want to make it you have to build in these other areas i almost think like it's finally hit home everyone's figured it out everyone sees the craze behind the shorts platform youtube and tiktok being the biggest drivers to their mainstreams. and you're right it's changed how creators just create in general way more punchy way more hooks while you're live a lot more quote-unquote live skits and recording sessions kind of happening in real time and more viral-driven content. This is kind of the increase in like the IRL stuff, and you know these other sectors of the platform. And like we said, now that the programs are actually catching up, we are going to see- keep seeing that. I like that Twitch is adopting, I guess, this export feature to Twitter. Twitch already has that feature for YouTube. You can literally direct directly export straight to YouTube. So they're they're almost repurposing that technology and allowing it, so you can go to Twitter now. If anything, it's probably one of those little aha moments like that they just, oh, why did we think about this before, right? It already exists, but yeah, for them to launch that out, I think it's going to be huge.
1: I just, like ending ending us talking on, on Twitch, kind of like where we started, just a couple things that I think are going to fundamentally, I really do feel like this is going to be the first fundamental change to the way that the app functions in a long time. And one of those being, you mentioned it, what they're trying to do with clips. I wonder if they're being smart here. They're trying to be cheeky. It's not one bullet point, but it's spread throughout everything. Earlier in the article, they talk about pinned clips and they're going to give you the ability to pin up to 20 clips on your channel page to give viewers a better idea of what your stream is about. Something else that I think is really cool is an upcoming stream section, which you can schedule, you can create like a Twitch schedule. And honestly, it's like really well built. You can add like a thumbnail to it already. You can like do the time, you can title it already. So if someone clicked through to your Twitch channel, they could see what's coming up. But it's buried in there. I think with this, they're gonna say, hey, here's what's coming up in the people you follow. And you can kind of like that's that's my big prediction for live stream content in 2023 and moving forward. It's gonna be pay-per-view-esque stuff. No one like gone are the days where, oh, someone's live. Like for the mega stars XQC, sure, that still matters. But for, for more and more people, they want to know what am I tuning into? And you gotta you gotta sell me on it. And then there at the bottom, it lists. What you were alluding to earlier, Monster says, we are introducing a new discovery feature on mobile that will allow viewers to seamlessly scroll through a feed of recommended channels and clips with ease. It's perfect for viewers who are looking to discover new streamers when they have only a minute to spare. That's TikTok. They yep. just are saying we're putting TikTok in Twitch, which they should have done a long time ago.
2: I wonder if that'll work. Like a creator has to approve a clip, or if anybody creates a clip it just goes into that like algorithm i wonder how that will be
0: curated i'm pretty sure they're going to have the the profile piece of it it's going to be the curated version the other piece where it's like again more algorithm driven i'm sure they're going to have one that's probably going to be the ones that based off of all right this one big on you know live stream fails and you know what i mean they kind of have this circulation happening there undoubtedly but just to kind of hop into more of the stuff and and just start to fast forward through this phase has been through quite a crazy time just recently they on the stock market have dropped below the dollar threshold i don't know what they are as of this recording I see connor typing so he'll hit us with the update here shortly but
2: Faze, they made it Faze,
0: okay so phase made it back <laughs> over they were under a dollar they created all this controversy around them about is phase going bankrupt as that conversation has been unfolding phase has not stopped their collaborative efforts in the space they continue to be I would say the market leaders. They they have this insane Disney collab. That comes out. Huge success sells out, you know, as usual. They continue to make these big headliners. And now they come out with their Phase X Nike sneaker. And this is really cool, too, because back when they were kind of entertaining this idea, they didn't have LeBron's son, Bronny, as a brand ambassador for Phase, and they didn't have those ties and connections. But now they do. And Ernest Lee, one of the Phase owners, CEO of Phase was kind of going into conversation about why he's super excited about these things. He just thinks that their network is continuing to grow and this is the right time for them to start activating these collaborations. But again, they are now directly tied to the stock market and things like that. So as they start doing these things, I don't know if that's what's been the influence on why their shares have essentially plummeted and their value of the company has gone way down from where they once were. Because I think they're around $17. And if you were buying stocks, if they're, now that the stock is worth a dollar for every share you purchased back then, you lost anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars a share. A huge, huge loss. There, are 90% losses for some.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the shoe right now. What do you guys think? Would you wear I'll it? I would wear, wear it. It looks nice. It looks nice. Would you wear it without the phase logo? I think I, I, think,
0: like I'd FaZe FaZe I think
1: I'd I wear like, it, either think I'd like, it either way.
0: I personally, I personally like the fact there's a phase logo on there. I wouldn't wear if it didn't have me, me personally. I wouldn't wear if it didn't have the Phase logo. I think the Phase logo to me adds more appeal to, like straight up, like it's a real Phase X Nike collab. It's not just like, oh, they, the black and red color scheme on some Nikes. Yeah, cool. Call it what you will. Kind of like how all the Jordan, you know, themed shoes are, because they just they call them whatever. Hey, look at the Doctor Dooms. and then there's like no logo on it or whatever. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not to say that that's a bad example because there probably is a Doctor Doom logo on one of those shoes. <laughs> but my point is, most of those collabs are just named off the color schemes. this one actually looks pretty cool super simple and you know i think it's i think it's a low barrier entry they were just testing the waters they wanted to play it safe they came up with a safe design and i think this i think this is gonna hit i think it's gonna sell i'm gonna try to buy it yeah it's pretty I'm cool a fan.
1: i wonder what they'll i wonder what they'll go for like probably 150
0: regular retail right i think yeah. i think they'll be regular retail i don't see i'm not sure where the upsell will be that'll kind of determine the value right like how much can people upsell this for that'll really determine the demand i mean if if Creator apparel or merch and products haven't already showed you that creator demand is insane. Uh, just talking to jump back on the prime drink in particular. In the UK, prime drinks are being upsold by some entities and merchants for around $100 a bottle. We're talking about My God. a $2 bottle that you will buy normally from the store a drink for $100 a drink. So yeah, the, the price gouging is real depending on obviously the scarcity. I think for shoes, this is a niche market where collectors exist. And if a gaming organization is going to be kind of breaking these boundaries for the first time, which we're seeing, I can see the phase logo in you know in the Nike collab doing very very well. Personally,
2: also, how many do you think they're going to make? Because that also depends. Like, are they going to do like, oh, we only made sixty, so it's going to sell out well, immediately? And here's that, the thing. Or...
0: Here's the thing. Nike Basketball is the is the entity that's interacting with the the Twitter and the Nike Basketball. When you go to their Twitter. Their headline literally says LeBron XX from Kington. Ne- you know what I mean? They mm. support they support LeBron's, they support uh the LeBron James brand and the shoes that they create. And more importantly, this is why Faze was trying to tie this whole thing into the fact that they have LeBron's son who's like the next generation on the gaming side. So, I think they're really trying to make this a generational collaboration. LeBron's um, like also this- tagging the tweet. That's that's what I mean. Like they're yeah. they're really trying to appeal more to like Basketball, the sports market, because it's esports, right? So I see where they're what they're trying to do here. I think this is huge. I think this is this is something that I absolutely support.
1: Yeah, I think it's huge too. And I mean, I think like not that I'm a stocks master or anything like that, but a lot of like as we saw with crypto, as we saw with even WeWork. If you guys watch that documentary, Apple TV has a not documentary, a great retelling of it. A lot of stocks rise and fall in like public perception, you know, and like the public's belief, either the public and or like the traders themselves. And I think that like big brand deals like this put a lot of faith, you know, in the company. If you can sign a deal with freaking Nike and be associated with them, it's a big deal. Be, I think I would buy it for that. a dollar. Yeah.
0: What do we think about the FaZe Clan using their official channel to target this this fast Twitch drink that was an energy drink? I'm assuming pushed by some random company, but the F logo looks pretty similar to theirs but it's not exactly their logo oh that's gatorade and it's being, and it's being promoted there's that's, a g on there that could yeah, be it says
1: fr- no yeah it says from the makers of the gatorade logo
0: so what do you think about that because they're asking can we dmca strike this that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of in, intense
1: which that that's not that that's not the actual legal term right they're just like memeing a little bit with the legal terms like that's just a social media manager having fun i think yeah yeah yeah
0: because I'm looking, I'm looking at the comments. It's, it's kind of riled up. It's riled up a lot of controversy between the gamers talking about that's not your logo and stuff like that. But I also wouldn't put it past like a, a major corporation to see, okay, this space is bubbling, esports and sports. Because like we said, all these energy drinks, they want to get in these, these niches of the gaming market. There's such a huge market here. Multi-billion dollars in revenue, right? If you can tap into it. And products is probably the best way to do it.
1: What do y'all drink? Like, like y'all do G Fuel? Do y'all, like, what do y'all love? Like? Coffee, brother well i do coffee stay tuned everybody.
0: that's me that's me baby Uh, i i mean
2: if we're we talking like energy wise or
0: energy drink
2: i look my like what i usually buy is i buy powerade to be honest i buy sugar-free powerade that's
1: my
0: Powerade. right it's
1: my go you drink
0: what do you drink john
1: i mean like coffee in the morning and honestly you know what i love so like g fuel when i got it no offense like i only tried it once so don't don't hate me anyone but like it didn't really do much for me and then my wife's like yo it's got red five and that kills your sperm so i'm like oh shoot oh, that no. kid, i gotta <laughs> get but bro celsius have y'all ever seen celsius's yeah they're I, I mess with those bro they just they're like from what it appears to be it's more of like a like a natural energy drink and i feel good when i drink them so
0: that's pretty sick is is the appeal that it says energy drink is that the appeal for you yeah I or need is to... it like the the juice flavor like the sugary is it that like the sugary flavor because there's there's I feel like like there's a, yeah, there's like a, there's a print here. There's like a fingerprint behind this thing.
1: Yeah. I like feeling like I'm making a somewhat healthy choice to get my caffeinated energy, which is why coffee appeals to me because it's natural. I drink just like black coffee, just like you. I don't put sugar or milk in it. And honestly, something that really turns me off to things like advanced GG, G fuel and ghost is all their flavors, like candy flavors. And they're like, like, I just, when I'm needing energy, I'm like working, dude. Like I'm doing stuff that like. Is, like, I don't want to be eating or drinking candy, like, flavors and stuff. So, I think that's why yeah. Celsius appeals to me.
2: If we're talking energy, I can't lie. I usually just go get a sugar-free Red Bull. I don't, it's just, especially, also, like, even when I'm, like, drinking alcohol, vodka Red Bull, that's my go-to, so.
1: Red Bull is just, for sure that, like, if I'm driving far and I'm about to crash into a tree, if I hit a Red Bull, like, that's my, like, eject, like, that's my, like, emergency. Yeah, that thing it, wakes you up. That wakes me up. Awesome so I go with
0: thing, bro. A good old too. good old trustworthy Red Bull. But let's let's start get let's get back. Let's get the train back on the tracks here. We got Kai Sinat, who was banned off of the Twitch platform, making his return to Twitch here. And he does it in he does it in a huge fashion, man. He comes back for the Black Lives Matter movement for the month of February, announcing a 30-day subathon for every time you subscribe to his channel, you increase the timer in which he will remain live. He's currently been on a five-day streak. If you guys have not checked out Kai Sinat, this man has been the, one of the fastest-growing influencers on the Twitch platform, in the space in general, over the last year. Him and his entire team have continued to blow up and do just crazy things. I had the pleasure of meeting him. Connor, you met him too, right? We all got to yeah, meet Yeah, we
1: were
2: walking We Twitch walked con. past him at TwitchCon. I didn't get a picture, though. I'm so mad at there that. You got, got one.
1: one. I think I did get one. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, get one. He, yeah, he's on day five, and his... Subathon counter has forty-four hours left on it, and he's he's streaming to ninety thousand people at five o'clock Eastern time on a Sunday.
0: He's been at forty hours left for the last five days. By the way, like when I tuned in the first day, he had enough subscribers to minimal be there for the next two. Days. I
2: think it, I think I saw it was like he got like twelve thousand on his first day.
1: Yeah, he's it's- at ninety-one thousand subs, and the best part to me is where on earth is he right now he's looks like he's streaming in the basement of a hotel yeah, like he's in, in a,
2: he's in some mansion somewhere i've been i've been watching it pretty often i can't lie he's he's like the, he's the most entertaining streamer out right now for me i enjoy watching his content it, and from what
1: perspective would you say
2: i mean he're, he's not doing it right now but his in the entire house if you haven't watched the entire house he's in there's cameras on every corner oh
1: so wherever he goes good.
2: they are following him he has a mic that will pick him up wherever he goes so like Last night or two nights ago he had Emily Chop on and they were just going around the whole house. They were just switching camera angles. They had mics on. It was super entertaining. That's
1: underrated. That is very cool. Now that see what I'm that right there is the future like that's live stream content I would watch. That's not like that, because that's like there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of creativity within that. It's a lot of uniqueness. I like that.
0: And he's put in a lot of effort. He actually hired someone who looked exactly like Obama and sounded (laughs) like Obama to show up. You know, there's those, there's those, those fakes out there that actually take on the persona and go into real life with it. If you guys follow the rap industry, you see like, there's like fake drakes, there's fake, all yeah. types of people. Like you can really find a fake and people make a living making features. But anyways, he hires this, this, this fake Obama. He comes in, he's got a security guard and the dude is hilarious, bro. They, they're kicking it. He's saying stuff as if he's the president. They do, they did some rap bars together. Just, just absolutely hilarious content. He's putting in the effort. He's doing things so different. And you can tell it's not just showing up in live streaming, right? It's really putting in the prep work. I think Aiden Ross kickstarted the whole hip hop x you know, live streaming community kind of thing live on Twitch. But Kai Sinatra has continued to pick up on that wave. He's probably the only creator who's successfully done it. There's no one else creator-wise, I think, is bringing rappers and stuff on stream. So between him and Aiden Ross, they kind of have that niche market right now. And... I mean, it's a tough market to jump into, right? Uh, like, no is just going to pull up. <laughs> and Aiden,
1: Aiden is uh, practicing boxing, and he's in Romania right now. So he's not really streaming as much, I don't think. So Kai's got this.
2: Yeah, they are. But Kai, in general, is evolving his content every stream. Like, the stuff they have, they like they plan for his stream is insane. I don't know if, there is a, if there's a peak. I don't know if that's in the future or if they can keep coming up with these ideas. But every stream I watch, I'm thoroughly entertained watching
1: Kai especially hi well, is with, a
0: youtuber gone streamer mm-hmm. so like he, he has that creativity perspective like that viral moment perspective that's how he blew up
1: yeah which sub 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 header by the way aiden aiden has not been live in 13 days Oof. Well, he was banned
2: at one point yeah so, they both
1: were which is very interesting uh but it, very very cool that he's doing it for charity very cool that he rebounded in in such a way I think Kai is, yeah, I agree with you guys. He's definitely an innovator in the space.
2: Yeah, my production mind went to work when I was watching that thing. And whoever was staying up all night, switching, changing audio channels, I was just like, shout out to that guy. Like that's That, that has to be fun, especially with how entertaining they are. But that also has to
0: be a grind because so many audio switches are different rooms and all that. But There was one time we got an inquiry if our team could do a 24-hour production. I responded, yes, but we would not probably enjoy that <laughs> 24 hour leave stream live stream
2: we did a charity event for rainbow six siege i don't know if was you remember that, that. is that 24 hours yeah but i tapped out 16 hours in on that's no sleep insane. and i had to, hours, had to i had to get another producer to come in and, and yeah leave me but that was oh my goodness that was horrible
1: yeah that's normally like yeah when i've done like 24 hour streams it's like hour 16 or 18 i just hit this dark wall oh i hate it i can't do that no more i I am not that young anymore i ain't young anymore it's not even fun bro (gasps) not even fun Uh, i've
0: been there i've only done a 24-hour stream one time is when i moved to maybe twice actually one of the one of the big ones is when i moved to florida and i reached like a certain sub goal and i did a 24-hour stream and i realized you 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 did one
2: one for someone we know for someone uh, for Kraka.
0: that was a charity stream
2: yeah that was a 24-hour wasn't it yeah my 24-hour charity stream
0: actually yes I, I donated all my contributions see that was actually one of my good friends and he still is he we connect from time to time he caught cancer in his knee and he was a track runner it was like just like it was, it was a super crazy story because like he's literally uh, yeah in school for track a big passion of his and then it turns out he had like developed a, a cancer growing in his knee and he needed a surgery and i ended up raising for 24 hours all the funds several thousand dollars probably like 5k or something like that wow and um that was actually, so that was one of maybe three streams then. Cause I remember when I moved to Florida, I did one, and I was still in Florida when I did that one. Uh, big shout out to our community, man. That's when back when I was doing those live streams. Not <laughs> no more. Grandpa D Face is not doing those. grandpa D Face. <laughs> ain't doing nothing. You get a grandpa
2: D Face, you haven't done a podcast yet, but
1: Javier turned 30. That's so. right. <laughs> Should have said that at the top, man. We're bad friends. Bad <laughs>
0: But that's the Fortnite podcast. Yeah. So don't worry, SBG and Panda <laughs> G- hit wishes when we. Dang, <laughs> we're,
1: we're we're just degenerates, Connor. We just <laughs> were dumb. <done.
0: laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure that's when I had. I think on your birthday I was like throwing up or something like that. So nice, nice. Very I'll much. get you some Phase Nikes. That's what I should get you for you. Well, you're going to get sent them, I'm sure, or something, but I'll get you
0: something else. That would be sick, FaZe. Hook it up. <laughs> Yo, whoa, what's
2: up? Me too. What's going on? Yeah,
0: shout <laughs> out to FaZe. So we actually didn't tweet the gift that they sent us for Christmas. They sent me and Connor a huge bottle of champagne with some custom embroidered Phase glasses to to drink with. So, yeah, very we cool. we we love Phase around here, man. I know we give, obviously, a very diplomatic and unbiased approach to their successes or failures that's part of the business when it comes down to reporting on these podcasts, but they do take care of us. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah. A couple more topics left. This one just literally broke today as of recording the first kind of, what are they calling these? What are they calling these? The openers of apex legend London spree. Pretty much all their events are going to be in London. TSM winning out on top. I saw some really cool production come from this. They had a double decker, uh, Stage I don't know if you guys saw that where it's like some teams are on bottom. Some teams are on top They had the team's logos like I just thought it was a really cool production I'm not really an apex guy, but the things that I saw were pretty interesting One of the cool One of the cool kind of headlines coming out of it is that imperial hall who is one of the tsm players uh, many people including tfue remarked that he really Kind of in tfue's word which I think he's baiting a little bit settled the mouse and keyboard versus controller debate because prior to kind of this, these last few months, Imperial Hall was a mouse and keyboard player, but switched over to controller and had a pretty dominant performance this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, Apex, aim assist, controller debate, it happens in every game right now with there's controllers. And Hall said, you know what, taking this into my own hands, switch it to controller, and I'm still going to be that guy, maybe even better than I was before. So we We've did seen a lot thing. of that.
0: We've seen a lot of that in Fortnite in particular. Epic Whale, Arkham had their moments where they were the kings of PC for NA West. They switched over to controller in a in a what seemed to be a controller-dominated esports space, like a growing strength of being a controller player, and they did it. They found so much success doing so. And, you know, I don't think that trend's going to change. One thing I do find interesting, though, AGLS, like you said, moves all their esports to London. I'm pretty sure Fortnite also announced that Copenhagen is going to be the next landing spot for the major the land that they're gonna they're gonna host basically so eSports migrating out of the U.S. and towards the EU region I wonder why is it because they see the success of Counter-Strike what you know League of Legends and all these other you know game titles the most successful competitive titles have built and it's all built across seas do they just see that and they just say hey you know so be it like let's let's just go to where you know, is that is that the roadmap? Is that where it's hot? Is this what's gonna make it work for ten, fifteen years from now? Did they just triple down in the EU space instead of trying to build it to be cool in America? It's like one of those things, right? Do you flow with the current or are you going in an up current battle? You know, are you are you trying to swim up the river because you're trying to build something in America where it's like, Well, EU already adopts, you know, competitive esports at like mass. Do we just bring it over there? I mean, it
1: is it is it's I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective of Europe, but just as we've seen more and more and more like orgs kind of tap out of certain esports like NRG leaving like Fortnite like that that was rough like so many things like that we've seen a lot of shifts like that Halo is in shambles still like a lot of orgs pulling out of that and the professional level yet collegiate esports in America I feel like has never been hotter like I feel like I'm seeing more momentum in collegiate esports. Like more schools, more coaches, so much more being put into it. Um, So I honestly, I can't place my finger on it, man. I, I don't know. I guess they're looking, would the money say that esports doesn't work in the U.S. right now? I wouldn't say it's the
2: money's sake, but I think it just depends on who is organizing the tournament. Because, you know, crew, travel cost, all that. I think that plays a big part because the main thing I saw on Twitter from like the Apex side being in London only is... They were just trying to save costs without not having to go to different venues because I think it's it's either four or three LAN events for Apex this year. And they just, you know, one central spot so they don't have to, you know, travel cost, new venue here, set up here, set up there. They can just get it all cranked out, each, same venue each time. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be cost
0: efficient, cost savings. I mean, it's tough to say because either way, like, I think the flight... Difference can be argued that it's 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 expensive no matter what whether you're sending people from America to Europe or you're trying to you know draw in the masses from Europe towards America both have their own appeal. Um, I don't know. I think there could just be a deeper something deeper behind it. I I mean this idea only just hit me as I was kind of breaking the story yeah. here. But it kind of just came on me like, yeah, why why are is this a trend we're seeing? Is this just a coincidence? You know, two games are all of a sudden put near twenty twenty three. You know, LAN events, more, you know, catered towards EU. Yeah. Um, And let's not forget, these, these games are in the same category. These are big Battle Royale games, right? New games. There's a lot of, I guess, parallel. A lot of things that are the same between the two titles. Battle Royales, fairly new. Trying to figure out how to make a competitive ecosystem work.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is one of those, hum- like, thinking about it, it is one of those humbling moments for our industry of just going, like, compared to traditional sports infrastructure, we have a long way to go. Like, for instance, like, almost anyone is going to catch a pro nba game, nfl game, hockey game once a year, if for no other reason then there's likely at least one near where you are or on some level, you know? And I'm like, the reality is sometimes with some of these esports destination events, I mean like, bro, I would love I would love to have flown up to Chicago for League of Legends, you know, like playoffs and like been that, but I'm like, dude, that's just a lot of money for what is purely entertainment. And I just wonder if I don't know. I just wonder if they're just trying to just maybe pick a stability in one market to generate more of that, like ticket sales.
2: What I will say though, I know one of our later topics is criticizing the CDL, but they do, they are doing an amazing job with that because every org that's in a city has to host their own LAN event for like their major. So they are doing an incredible job on that front with there's the Optic Major in Texas and they're in Boston right now for the Boston Major and they're going to all every every team or multiple people get to go to these different places in the state so everyone has a chance to go watch their favorite team play or just go watch a competitive esports match.
0: I think that was adopted from the Overwatch. I think Overwatch League kind of kickstarted that kind of making these sub regional stuff within the the Americas and that did end up turning out pretty well. But let's jump into the CDL. What what turns the gears here? What Where's the money coming from? Is it the devs? Is it advertiser spending? We have to find out because right now, there's a potential huge conflict on the, on the horizon here for the CDL. CDL has been entertaining the idea. Maybe not even entertaining. Is this confirmed that they're going to be moving exclusively to YouTube potentially here? Which right now, we all know esports is consumed on Twitch as the most dominant platform. That's really where you want your competitive gaming to be hosted. We've seen other leagues take their entire thing, move it over, and put the content, shift it over to YouTube. And more or less, it's flopped. The numbers, not even close. If you were getting 100000 on Twitch, you're getting 2000 on YouTube, at least, again, for what we've seen up until this point. If this happens, when CDL is, I mean, all in all, Call of Duty's in a weird spot, right? Because we have the exit of Scump, but also... We have Skump who's been doing viewing parties. So he didn't just exit the game. He's contributing in bigger ways than probably Call of Duty could have ever, you know, anticipated for someone who was going to retire from the game. If he can't do that anymore, then that's a huge missed opportunity.
2: Yeah, that is a huge error on YouTube's part. If they go through with this, because they're looking at a, it's it's all rumors, nothing's confirmed, but they're looking at a three-year deal to sign with YouTube for exclusive rights. So everyone that's doing beauty parties on Twitch the two big ones are Skump and Zuma. They do viewing parties for every match that they have and they're really entertaining. They do a great job at it. But if those go to YouTube, they can't watch them. It's exclusive on YouTube. They can't they can't watch it. They can't do viewing parties anymore. So that hurts. Scump and Zuma alone bring in eighty thousand plus viewers every match just on their viewing party and not including the mainstream numbers.
0: And and Scump in particular is using utilizing all of Optics resources like the dope yep. studio, the big setup, the triple camera, the features, right? Like he's got some of the the brightest minds, professional players, esports leaders. I mean, shoot, Hex shows up, sits down, and, and you know watches games with them and stuff like that. So they're really, honestly, they're carrying the Cdl. That's why people are saying that uh, the numbers are there, the interest is there, they have the fandom, and if they lose that opportunity because it all goes to to YouTube. I mean, YouTube, like you said, YouTube will be taking an L. No one's going to go to YouTube. They're just going to stay and watch Scump on Twitch. So you kind of have to X that, right? But then you're cutting off your own, you're cutting your, your legs off. He is your viewership right now. It kind of seems like a lose-lose situation for YouTube. Maybe they've thought about it and they think they can overcome it because, yeah, they have a huge fandom of Call of Duty on YouTube. Yeah, and gaming yeah, yeah where that's where I'm what beginning. I'm thinking.
1: I'm, again, it's like to oh. me, some of these companies we're talking about, profit is just a diff can be a longer term like conversation you know and i'm like doc courage tim the tap man like several like call of duty players in general like youtube streamers are more and more like starting to get like siphoned off to youtube so maybe this is like call of duty and youtube or like youtube's move to try to to seal off and and take
0: call of duty completely maybe it works they do have tim the Tap and they do have courage they do have docs to disrespect i didn't even think about that there's obviously a viewership built there for the Call of Duty as a niche. What if, and this would be like, let's let's give them credit. Let's say it works. What if the game plan is, hey, you know, we've already secured these mega Call of Duty influencers. We know the viewership is there for the game. We take the eSport, and then those viewers convert and watch the eSport on YouTube. If that happens, I mean, all of a sudden, we have YouTube figuring out a whole different route to, like, target a game niche snipe up the big creators snipe up the esport with it There could be a boulder here that's thrown off a mountain that does not look back but again i think it's a stretch personally i don't There's
2: see some... that happening I, it i mean you said earlier people go to twitch and they're gonna go they're gonna watch esports tournaments on twitch i you don't know i don't know anyone that goes to youtube to go watch an, an, an event on there and i don't think but that's that what i'm saying in the future
0: i think if, if they put the Fortnite next land and it's exclusive to youtube like i'm going to youtube to watch it because i'm a fan
2: yeah that's fair For yeah me,
0: call of duty is a little different they have sniped up mega call of duty influencers they make it exclusive and then you say like yo scump, we will dmca you bro don't go live with this you know what i mean like then that's what i'm saying
1: it would be a, mu- a it'd, it'd be a muscle move and and where i could where i could see it actually like if they did a Actual ad campaign that was like youtube x Call of Duty, like Call of Duty lives here like that's old school t v broadcast stuff, and at the end of the day back in the day when it when we are talking channels and all that that's just how people moved bro they bought out the n f l they bought out this thing like and you only get it here like now i don't know i don't maybe we could be thinking way deeper than they are, but um yeah, that's the only I mean, we know
2: YouTube got because they they' on my Google and they also just paid what I think it was four billion dollars for n f l Sunday ticket so that's going to be all of NFL games on Sunday are going to be on there next year. So, I mean, they we know they're making plays to do stuff like this. So YouTube X Call of Duty, I could actually see that happening now that you bring that up. I could see that.
0: Like, and, and that's just straight killing the market share. Like, you take the market share, it's yours now, and then all they need is Nick Merckx to sign over, and it's it's wraps. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So, anyways, this is a big deal, guys. This The CDL deal, if it happens— there's a lot of ramifications here for the existing audience that is on the Twitch platform. What's going to happen if they pull it over? Are they going to make this exclusive to YouTube in all directions? That will be huge for creators and, and of course, the, the league alike because now you have, again, the, the spiral of the esports orgs that you know depend on success through the Twitch numbers and their creators too. So there's so much more at play here, and there could be a lot of parties that are hurt in the process just for YouTube to get a couple numbers. So we'll see what happens there. But talking about hurt parties and, you know, the controversy continues. Twitch has actually announced that they might be doing TwitchCon in Las Vegas. And this kind of spurs up this conversation about slots mm-hmm. on Twitch. And we we covered this. We literally covered Trainwrecks being banned from the platform or almost taken off the platform completely because he was the biggest streamer in the slots slash kind of gambling sector of the platform since they've kind of outcasted him and almost targeted him off of that category this whole virtual casino stuff is spun back up and it's almost falling to the wayside no one's talking about it but why aren't they talking about it because you don't have mega streamer you know number one train wrecks sitting there creating content and, and i don't know i don't know where to take this man what do you think do you think you know gambling as a whole should just be removed if you're going to remove it or is this a way for them to play around this you know the the tos like like what's going on here they
2: need to either do it or don't do it because right now i just looked at the sections they have eighty thousand viewers between the virtual casino and slot section so it is not like it has gone anywhere it is is still is
0: that gambling though virtual casino is that real it's the same thing as streaming
2: slots on the websites the same websites that are banned they're just streaming on all those websites still. No one is doing anything. Twitch has yet to ban anybody in those sections, so they need to stop playing favorites. And I, I don't just guessing here, but I guarantee if Trainwreck went live streaming slots, he would be banned streaming it. And, I don't want to say there's a targeting situation going on, but it just feels that way. And I see why Trainwreck, XQC, and all of them are mad because there is everyone is still streaming slots every day on there, and nothing has changed.
1: And and they consider it gambling because I I typed. I just went to the search bar on Twitch and I typed gambling and there's a tag for gambling games and slots, virtual casino, casino and poker come up. And in between those two, yeah, there's about 80,000 viewers. And so right now they have gambling as a tag on their, on their platform. So it's like, they at least consider it that or being murky at best. It's very interesting. I, I'm with Connor. You either got It's either a, Either do, do it or don't. And I think the tweet that we saw was XQC kind of calling out people for like only caring about this under the headline of train wrecks. And, and to use like a, a common term, virtue, virtue signaling, which really is just, which we all can be guilty of. And our culture certainly is where we get caught up in the trend of this justice of this moment. But then as soon as the headline fades, the issue has, you know, it's like how many people cared about the war in Ukraine? Bro, it's still going on, and in many ways, it's gotten worse. But the profile pictures have faded, all that stuff. So that's kind of what's happening here with with gambling.
0: Yeah, and and this is the, this is just going to be an ongoing problem. <laughs> so you have now again the rise of Trainwrecks and him working directly alongside his Kick kick.com, which is building a competitors platform. They've announced their uh, you know their roadmap, pretty much ninety five percent revenue splits for the creator 100 percent sub revenue going directly to the creator uh they're basically building a creator economy style platform and if they can make it to the point to where advertisers buy in that platform will most likely i think will take off just based off the numbers and and the monetary gains that are to be met there
2: i will say speaking on kick and their website not it's actually still doing really well like i just went on there it's a good platform and obviously like Slots are going to be the biggest category, so everyone's there. It has 18,000 viewers right now on slots. That's a lot of people on the website. Tons. Like, a new website, Trainwrecks is not even live on it, and there's still 18,000 people watching people play slots, so. No, well, also, like, it's picking up traction. When so he
0: does stream there, he gets another 30,000. So he yep. literally is one of the, you know, market share streamers on there. But again, the reason Kick is doing so well is because they're just saying, hey, dude, Twitch sucks. We see that you guys hate when they do XYZ. We will not do those things. And then they go build over here. Um, Now, listen, I want you guys to know very well, explore that platform at your own risk. I do think it's NSFW18 plus platform still. Because there is stuff on there that just doesn't get action very yeah, quickly. Yeah, there's
2: no moderation. <laughs>
0: there's no, very there, little moderation.
2: It's very slow.
0: There's a lot going on there. Not that they want to be that, but again, the moderation is slow. It's a growing platform. It's still very much in beta. It's not publicly launched. So there's probably some tools that are not in place just yet. But shoot, I went on there one day and I was watching Breaking Bad with a whole Twitch chat. That was fun, <laughs> but it was also kind of illegal, right? Like, oh like well, what's going on here? Why is breaking bad being streamed right now? And chat was having a good time. Everyone was kind of vibing. So it's one of those wild, wild west territories right now. But, but again, the potential's there.
1: Speaking of which, I have not I'm not been following up with him, but like I was just looking around Twitch. Train is live right now. On yes. Twitch. He
2: still streams on Twitch, but he just goes and streams slots.
1: But on his on Twitch, Twitch overlay, it says do not gamble, you will lose. And his title is if I win big, then I'll do a giveaway. So is he still gambling on Twitch?
2: I wonder if he's about to do it right now. He hasn't done it yet. This could be live breaking action right now that he could he might be about to go gamble. I don't know. He
0: could be deciding, you know what? I'm gonna go virtual casino. Right? He he could be maybe maybe he's testing the waters to see what happens. We'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to find out. Here's, yeah, a, live, n-
1: here's a live choppy listening. <laughs>
0: God, I can't do it. No no no, you can't <laughs> can't, you can't play it. him. <laughs> he's he's T O S man, you don't know what's gonna come out of his mouth. Yeah. This is about as blunt of a creator as it comes. He's a literal train wreck, bro. He is a literal train wreck at times, but that, that's why people love him. Yep. Um, hey, okay, before we leave,
1: uh, Super Bowl predictions for our football fans out there. Who y'all going for?
0: Eagles? Any, any Eagles in the, in the building?
1: Yeah. Uh, think- as, a, as a Pittsburgh native, I really
2: cannot, do not want to back the Eagles. I, I just don't know if I can because I know what will happen to Philadelphia if they do win.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. they'll get burned down.
2: but if i was a betting man which i am i would take the eagles
0: yeah i think so too i think this is an all eagles podcast right now oh patrick mahomes
2: is going to be limping the whole game so i just don't
0: i just made it this far and you were hoping the chiefs were going to get uh upvoted we apologize
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i just don't know that i've seen a more like complete team in years since the way the eagles are playing right now and and if mahomes is hobbling so i'm a big
2: fan of the kelsey podcast so they do a great job on that. So I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Jason Kelsey on the
1: Eagles. Nice, nice.
0: <laughs> Let's get it. Well, listen, guys, we hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We're gonna start rounding out here. Don't forget to send all of your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Just touching on the beginning topic we 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 kind of briefly sprinkled one of the one of the recent episodes we dropped was hyper focused on a singular topic. We encourage you guys. Go check it out. Maybe leave some uh leave some feedback and comments for us. But what I will say, maybe the numbers don't lie. It's our most downloaded episode out of the last three that we dropped. So maybe it was a good one. Maybe someone shared it out there. Or maybe I clickbaited you with a title. Either way, it's looking like it's doing good. We might do more. But yes, feel free to drop your feedback to us. I've been Monster Dface. I had a good time. I'm gonna let John sign out. John, let the people at home know where they can find you, man.
1: Yeah, John W. Keyrush on Twitter, and make sure, yeah, leave that feedback to us on our our podcast platforms, as well as hit us up on Twitter at Practice Server.
2: You can you can follow me on Twitter, Connor EO underscore. You can it's the only platform I really use, so. Yeah, so you everyone next no, week.
1: Oh, your TikTok has sick rust clips, dude. Come on. Um,
2: <laughs> I sometimes upload on TikTok too. Same at.
0: <laughs> Connor is a part-time creator at times. Well, listen, guys, we hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Stay safe. Have fun. Good luck watching this, the Super Bowl in the coming week. And we'll see you guys on the next one. So don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.